Well, blessings, everyone. <laughs> this is Dale. Uh, yes, it is me. I'm sort of suffering the ravages of a head cold, as they say. And I'm also in an entirely different place. I'm not in my regular studio at this time together. But I thought we'd do well to just uh, touch base with one another. Uh, we're looking at spiritual gifts, and we're in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. And we've seen that Paul has given detail about spiritual gifts in chapter 12. Chapter 13, he tells us, let me show you a more excellent way. And the excellent way was the way of love. Then we got to chapter 14. He says, I want you to pursue that love. But even more, I really want you to desire spiritual gifts also. Okay, So it's not a mutually exclusive type of thing. And especially that you would prophesy. And then he starts setting up this juxtaposition between tongues and prophesying. Because in verse 2, he said, For the one who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. And so this is part of the problem. We'll see even more about it as we go through this 14th chapter of what was occurring in that church. Well, then he tells them that the one who prophesies, you know, he edifies and exhorts and brings forth consolation to the body. But the one who speaks only in the tongue edifies himself. That's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? But it's better in a corporate gathering to edify everybody. That's the whole principle that we saw last time together. And so I'm going to jump in verse 5 and just read two or three verses here. Verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 14. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. So we see the whole purpose is the edification of the body of Christ. Remember, spiritual gifts are given for the common good, okay, for the common good of the body of Christ. And so if someone's bringing forth the tongue, and yet they're not sure if they have an interpretation, if they're going to have an interpretation for someone they can interpret there, he says that's okay, but the one who is prophesying is the one who really needs to bring forth the word. And we're going to see later on there's even uh, some, uh, not so much restrictions, but there's um, ways we're supposed to do this. As a matter of fact, he shows us later <laughs> that if someone is prophesying, speaking forth the truth, and someone else has a word related to what they just said, let the first one sit down and let the other one pick up and say. And you say, well, that's sort of that's sort of different, that's sort of crazy. Well, no, not really. It's what the Scripture says. And I, I was actually in a situation for several years in South Florida where we did exactly that. And um, people would stand up and say, hey, let me share something related to that. And it's some of the most powerful things you've ever seen. So now verse 6, he says this, coming out of that. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, <clears throat> what will I profit? Unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching. And so he's saying this, if I come to talk to you, uh, I need to come and talk to you in a way that you will receive revelation and knowledge and prophecy and teaching. If I'm speaking in a language and you don't understand the language, then it's not going to edify you and it's not going to help you in any way. And then he gives an example in verse 7, actually a musical example. Yet even lifeless things, either flute or harp, in producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the tones, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp? Verse 8. For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So the idea behind this is that even with musical instruments, they have distinctive sounds in the way that they handle the tones. 
and we know what it is, and we can define it that way. But if someone is speaking language I don't understand, then I will not know what to do. I won't know whether to prepare myself for battle or to sit back into worship or do whatever. Now, verse 90 says this. So also you. So he's a little bit of a conclusion right here. So also you. Unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. <coughs> Excuse me, there we I'm about to reach the end of my speaking, right? He says, you're just be speaking into the air. Now, remember what he said earlier, okay? He isn't sitting there saying, no, you can never use tongues in a corporate gathering. No, that's not at all what he's saying. What he's saying, it needs to be done in the proper way to where it's just not all about an unknown language. And I've been in some churches like that where uh, during worship times, a lot of people are speaking in unknown languages. And it was more for their edification and maybe those immediately around them. It wasn't for a corporate gathering type of thing. I've been in other places <clears throat> where someone would speak forth a word like that and they would wait a while and someone else would interpret what that word meant. I've been in places where someone would speak forth a, an unknown language like that, and they would wait a, a you know, half minute or a minute, whatever, and then the Lord gave them the interpretation for what they just spoke. Okay, And so, and it was always edifying. It was always uplifting. It was always instructive, and that's what the Lord is telling us. What they were doing here, and what we're going to see more and more, is that they were getting caught up in the ecstatic nature of the tongues. And uh, they were all excited that this is a superior thing. You hear the same things today. I've got some fellow brethren within the body of Christ that are absolutely convinced that you're not truly saved and you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit and dwelt by the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. And First Corinthians 12, a while ago, earlier when we read it, showed us that that's not true, right? And so it's the same type of problem we have today. If we simply look at what the Word says right here, we would see how we're supposed to function and how we're supposed to operate. Most of us, most of us who are gathering together right now, are coming from backgrounds where these type of gifts have been quenched and have been set aside and never been allowed to be used. And that's been to our detriment. So anyway, we'll continue on with this. Hopefully I'll sound better tomorrow, okay? In the meantime, y'all keep pressing on, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.